Hi, authors. Welcome back to another episode of Writer in the Making. My name is Daria White. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you're listening, then you may miss it. So I encourage you to watch the video option because we have a special guest with us today, Troy Lambert of Plotter. So for those of you that know what Plotter is, you're in for a treat. And if you're not as familiar, you're definitely going to be in for a treat either way. So welcome to Writer in the Maker, Troy. And go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience here. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm Troy Lambert. For those of you who don't know who I am, which is probably most of you, um, <laughs> I'm a rather obscure figure, but I guess you can find me. Um, I've written over 30 novels. I'm an author myself, but I'm also the education lead at Plotter. Um, and uh, so what that means is that I write words, not code. I teach people how to use Plotter. I didn't create Plotter. I'm not a programmer or anything like that, um, but I do greatly influence the features that we have and a lot of the things that we put into it for authors to make this an awesome tool to help you um, with your own writing. I use it in my own writing throughout the process in the planning process, in the writing process itself, and in revision, all three. So, oh, wow. You said over 30 novels? Over 30. As wow. of November, top 30, which was really, that's really exciting for me. Oh, wow, so. that's incredible yeah. i think i've crossed over 10 myself so <laughs> that is amazing. that's good that's good um i i just always tell but don't compare your numbers especially um i know people that have written over 100 and like yes. you know and yeah that's wonderful they're great people um i'm i'm just not trying that hard to catch up so. <laughs> me neither <laughs> but when i hear somebody like i read this i'm like oh wow i definitely need to talk to you <laughs> but but for those that may not be familiar with Plotter, what exactly is Plotter? So what the way I refer to it is, um, is as a story management software. It's a visual story management software. And so there's two main aspects to that. There's other little features um, that work as well. But the one is to manage your outline and your planning process. Or in the case of discovery writers, your revision process, which is for me, you just plot at a different time. Maybe you don't mm -hmm. plot to start with, but you plot later on. And we can talk about that too. But um, but it manages that plotting process through a visual interface that looks like a digital corkboard, but is way more powerful than that. That includes, um, because it's digital, includes the ability to create tags, to create various different plot lines without... Uh, note cards and string on a cork board on your wall, which probably tells you something about how old I am um, <laughs> that I actually used to do that. Uh, but um, so it provides you with these tools for organization, these organization tools for your outline that are extremely powerful. They'll let you do some really amazing things you probably couldn't do otherwise. The other aspect of it is it allows you to manage your series Bible. Um, so to manage your characters, like what color were Susie's eyes in chapter two, you don't have to go back and read that anymore and wonder about it. You've got it in one place in a software. I'm including descriptions of your setting, which I use some really cool, fun things with that for my writing, uh, for my own writing. And then there's a place for notes, which includes your research that you might have done for the either the overall series or individual books. And those things, you can tag them all with the book that they're in. And then you can sort them by just the book that you're working on. Or you can be looking at your whole research for your whole series if you want to do something like that. You know, once you get to 10, 15 books in a series, that's probably a bit of a challenge um, mm. for you. Um, I, You could be like me and have undertaken writing novellas in the Capital City Murder series, which 
most writers can even do the math that there's 50 state capitals. So eventually there will be 50 novellas in the city. Anyway, um, you know, you can figure out that math on your own. Um, but so that's going to be one big plotter file. So there's all kinds of information I need to keep track of. And it, it's a great place to do that. Mm. I can definitely see the importance of that because I know for a lot of authors organizing all of this stuff, regardless if you're writing a series or even standalones, you know, how do you keep all of this together in one place? It's like, okay, I have a file for this here, a file for this here, because I've done that. Even in my own career, I have, you know, files on top of files trying oh. to keep it organized. So was that the main struggle that you all saw that authors were really dealing with? Like, you know what, let's just create something that's just a one solution to pretty much everything so we don't feel scattered. Well, yes. Yeah, so th the thing about Plotter is it's very um, specific to organizing your story. So you don't write your story in Plotter. We're not trying to be the next Scribner or some kind of software like that. Okay. I mean, instead, it's just a planning software. But one of the main obstacles that people face is, Okay, just the fact of organizing stuff all in one place. Like I would have files with character. There'd be character things in one file or even in Scrivener, but they're down in another folder. And so in order to look at them, I have to go away from my writing space and go down and look at them in this folder and then come back and hope that in that particular time period, I didn't lose focus somehow, which I may be <laughs> the only writer squirrel in the world, but I don't think that I am. Um, writers tend to be easily distracted. I'm a researcher by nature because that was my first freelance job. So like, if you get me down a rabbit hole, I go, let me look at what color Susie's eyes were in chapter two. I go back to chapter two. Oh, her eyes were blue. Oh, this sentence isn't worded quite right. Oh, I didn't put that weapon in there quite right. Maybe I should research that. Oh, look, there's a Reddit thread on such and such a weapon. Maybe I should read that now. And suddenly I'm down rabbit hole number 73 i'm covered in orange cheeto dust and i haven't written a single word of my manuscript right so the idea for me was to keep focused to stay focused so plotter enables me to stay focused during the writing process as well as in the planning process but the other thing is it's portable so i can take it on my phone technically although i can't do that because i have what i call experienced eyes which means I can't see a thing so without my glasses. So I don't I don't look at my plotter files on my phone, but I have an iPad. I take it with me. So I can take my before if I had a big corkboard on the wall, well, I can take a picture of it and then zoom in on it and you know what I mean and try to figure out what it was I was thinking when I was at home. Well, instead, well, now if I'm on the road, then I just take my iPad with me and I have all my plotter files and I can, you know, do whatever I need to do um with in whatever part of the process that I happen to be in at that time. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And the other aspect is just the, the ability to digitally organize your series Bible enables you to make relationships between characters and places and things like that using tags and other stuff like that, that makes it easier for you to look at your project in different ways that you couldn't necessarily do before, unless you take those two note cards and you pin them together temporarily and then you try to put them back where you found them and you know that type of thing so instead you can digitally make those relationships 
which makes it so you can filter your information and then just look at it in a different way, in a different light. So to spot plot holes, I use my thing to spot plot holes, to spot pacing issues with my manuscript, um, especially during the revision process, because I'm I'm able to do that with all these tools that we have. But the I mean, the primary thing is just organization in a single place. There's There's tons of software where you can do this in it, but you can't do that. You can do this yeah. in it, you can't do that. But there's there's very few that you can just marry those planning features all together into one place where you can manage your entire series. Hmm. So. That's good. And I'm sure the plotters that are listening, they're like, yes. <laughs> but what about those that may be on the pantsing side and are like, okay, I get, but I'm not that organized to begin with. So can they still use plotter, even though it, they may not be as detailed as some of us who you know need everything organized? Well, so there's two things. First of all, um, there are plotters that are not, there are plotters who are architects. And I call these like the James Patterson people, right? Like he writes a 20 page single spaced outline of his books before he starts. Oh, well, wow. it's 20,000 words. He wrote a third of the book in the outline, right? Mm. Okay. That's not an out to me. That's not an outline. That's a, that's a very tight first draft. Okay. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Right. So, but whatever e to each his own, right. That's his mm -hmm. way of doing things. So there are architects that create these elaborate um, outlines. And there are people that just create very simple ones. Maybe you know five things about your book that are going to happen, and you put those on a plot line, and you discovery right between those. Okay, that's perfectly acceptable. There's because there is no right or wrong way to do things. As we know, there's three rules for writing a novel. No one knows what they are. So we're you know we're still all just out here figuring this out. And it doesn't matter if you're 30 novels in or 10 novels in or you're on your very first one. It doesn't make any difference. Nobody knows the rules. Nobody knows what we're doing. We're just all out here playing around, right? Yeah. So it helps to have a software that helps us play around. That's what, that's really the role that Plotter um, comes into. But I will argue that discovery writers do plot and they do plan. They just do it at a different time. Hmm. You generally do that in the revision process, hopefully, because that's going to make your subsequent drafts better. So you write what I call the zero draft or the outline draft. Right. You just write it because you're telling yourself the story. You may not even when you start fully know what the story is yet, but you're just telling yourself the story. Well, once you've told it to yourself, now you need to organize it because you probably wandered a bit in that story. Mm -hmm. You've probably included places where you're telling yourself the story, but the reader doesn't need to read that. It's not necessary for them. Your pacing is probably not right. Um, and for everyone, regardless of whether you're a plotter or a discovery writer, just give yourself permission to write a bad first draft because they're all going to be bad. Yes. This November for Nano, I wrote a bad first draft. It is horrible. It needs revision. It needs help. I planned it out. I have all the tools. I have been doing this for years. I have experience. Doesn't matter. It's a horrible first draft because they're all horrible. They're horrible, each one in their unique, horrible way. Okay. Um, so setting that aside, when you come back to the revision process, and this is where Plotter comes in even a lot for me, is I check my work. So you've written this draft, but what do you have in front of you? Do you have a story? Is there conflict? Is there an inciting incident? Do you have a midpoint? What is that turning point for your character? What is the climax? Or did you just end the book without one? Not that anyone out there has ever done that, but... Maybe I've seen pictures of people who have, and they look sad. So, um, 
<laughs> just don't do those things, right? We So that second draft allows you to get things organized. And then when you do do the rewriting process of that second draft, you've got a better, cleaner second draft because you know where you're going and you know what you're doing. So there are those people that write five, six, seven drafts of your book. Um, most of the time in today's market, you're going to have trouble being commercially successful if mm. it takes you that long to write a book. Um, whether we'd like it or not, this is kind of like the whole Amazon discussion, whether we like it or not, it's the gorilla in the room. We all deal with Amazon, right? Um, I don't like them, but 85% of my royalties come from them. So therefore, I actually do kind of like them. There's kind of that mixed bag, right? Um, we don't necessarily like the publishing world that it's about how quickly you can publish and, and what have you done for me lately, but traditionally published, indie published, whichever. Your agent, if you have an agent, is looking at you going, where is your next manuscript? What have you done for me lately? If you're going to make a living at this, you have to be writing quickly. Um, so a big part of this is simply efficiency of going, well, let me make that second draft way better so I don't have to write as many. But also a part of that is, I mean, let's be honest, it's just more fun when you're writing only two drafts. of How many people want to write six drafts of a book? Not very many right? You don't want to. And this job of being a writer is way too hard. I've been doing it full-time since 2009. It is way too hard. There are easier ways to make money. It's way too hard for the writing process not to be fun. So find tools that make your writing process more fun because, I mean, there's enough hardship in various other parts of this career that you don't need hardship in the writing part, which is supposed to be the part that you're doing this for because you love to create and you enjoy it. So you might as well find ways to enjoy it. Hmm. So. I like that, Troy, especially when you said give yourself permission to write badly. It's like, it's going to be oh. bad. And I know so many authors, those that listen to this podcast regularly, you know, we can get caught up in that perfectionism and you want to write the first time, but that's not going to happen. So the best thing that nope. you can do is to just get it out of your head first. And then you can go through and you can edit and revise. And if you have a writing partner, maybe, and maybe you all can exchange feedback, you know, working with an editor, a book goes through a process. It's not just, boom, I wrote it, go ahead and put it out there. There's there's more to it than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this this is the other part of it is to understand, first of all, everybody writes bad first drafts. So it's, it's fine, right? It's fine to do so. Everybody revises first drafts and it's fine to get help in doing so. <laughs> with an editor, critique, or writing partner, whatever it is that you have, um, and, and use tools, use tools to do that and to make that process easier for you, right? But just resign that this is part of your writing life and that we are supposed to be, this is supposed to be enjoyable. We are creators. We're supposed to enjoy this, this aspect of things. So find ways to still enjoy it. Play with your muse. Every now and then, professional writer, like I've written now a couple romantic comedies under a pen name. Usually I write very serious serial killer type thrillers, right? Um, next year I'm launching a new series with a co-author that's a series of, it's a blending of romantic comedy and mystery and thriller. Why? Because it's fun and we both want to do it and I think it'll sell books, right? Um, but it's But a big part of that is the fun aspect of it, right? This is, so our tools are designed and our tools are just that. So here's the other thing that I tell people all the time. Plotter is a wonderful tool, but it is a writing tool. So show me your beautiful plotter file. I love to see those. Those make my heart happy. I might even smile a little bit, right? Show me your plotter file 
and then the final the first draft of the book that you created from it and i will be much happier but don't ever compare your first draft with somebody else's final draft and say this does not read like a lead child book i tell people it's like looking at flour and sugar and stuff on the counter not mixed up not anything and tasting the flour and go my cake tastes terrible yeah because you haven't made it yet you know get make the cake and then we'll worry about how it tastes all right just anyway get, Absolutely. just get her done <laughs> and i've kind of dabbled into some other genres myself i started out with sweet romance but i just wanted to write a cozy mystery you know with COVID the way that it's been the last few years we were watching reruns of murder she wrote so that's what started I'm like I think <laughs> I want what I think I want to write me a cozy mystery so I agree with that like it should be fun and I personally love getting it out of my head first and writing that first draft that's when it's the most fun to me because I'm just letting my creativity flow then it gets a little bit more intense as like okay revisions let's see what's working what's not working but I agree just embrace the process of it all and not be so stern like this has to be perfect the first time not realistic yeah. friends well and don't let go of your creativity in that revision process right that right. process is supposed to be fun too and so a part of that is going as you go through you go oh i could add this thing here and that would be really fun or this would be a really interesting clue for the readers to find here and it, it's absolutely a delightful and still creative process yes you need to be a little more rigid because you need to meet reader expectations yada 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 right yeah. so we use story structures to do that but that story structure helps serve as a guide and also to spark your imagination. Sometimes creativity needs guidelines mm -hmm. because when you put guidelines on it, then you get a more specific and actually a more fun story for you to write and for the reader to read, right? The the old, the typical muddle in the middle that we talk about, you get to the middle of the book and it's like slogging. You know why it's slogging for the reader? Because it's slogging for you as the writer because you don't know where you're going and you don't mm -hmm. know what to add there on that journey to make this more entertaining. Well, there are ways to fix that. So do your, there, there's a certain amount of education that becomes part of what you do as a writer and it's ongoing and it's eternal. Like you will never graduate with your expert writer degree and suddenly you are just there and you don't need to learn anymore. Um, but if anybody actually does that, please let me know how you did it because I don't know how that works. Um, I, like anyway, <laughs> I, I really would like to know that secret. I had somebody tell me, a very young person tell me they don't go to writers' conferences anymore because they don't learn anything. And I went, how can you stop learning things when you go to writers' conferences? Like I learn something every time and I go and present at writers' conferences. I learn something by presenting and mm -hmm. by going to other people's classes. I'm like, I don't understand. But anyway, okay. So all of, all of that stuff aside, though, you can educate yourself about how to make that part of the book more fun, but it makes it more fun for the reader and more fun for you as the writer. And as you improve your process, this just becomes more of a joy. Um, and obviously, I'm saying this writing is my thing. I do it full time. I love it. Wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but it's also exceptionally difficult at times. And you need to check in with your motivation and your understanding of your craft to get you through those hard times because they are going to come. You're going to have rough days. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm never going to tell you that you won't have them, regardless of how much writing experience you have, because you will. It's just going to happen. Absolutely. So what's the general response of authors who use clutter? Like, have they had those light bulb moments and it's made oh. the process of planning that much easier? How has that been? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is so this software has been downloaded by an astounding number of writers. 
Um, and we talked to like even professional writers. One of the case studies we do is Michael Anderley. Michael Anderley is a huge Plotter fan um, because before Plotter, he was using Excel spreadsheets with, for those of you that are doing that, for the love of all that is holy, stop using an accounting software. That's like using QuickBooks to write your novel. Oh, <laughs> just horrible. Anyway, don't do that. My wife is excellent with Excel. She like does accounting things and she's like, there's this pivot table and this data and all this. I don't even bleh. Um, <laughs> because that's not writing. It's not fun. I don't, and I don't enjoy even doing the accounting part that I have to do in Excel, right? But some people do that, right? And they they have these elaborate things they've created in graphs to create their story in Excel. Oh, just horrible. But we've seen writers that switch because they just go, Plotter is just more intuitive and it's easier and it's more fun. You can create those elaborate charts in Excel, but that takes math and work and different things like that. The writers, for the most part, like, I don't want to do it. A lot of people don't want to do it. It's just horrible, right? Um, so many writers, usually they find a way that Plotter works for them. And the way I describe it is the and-then moment. Hmm. The and-then moment is when you take... So if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see a series called Thursdays with Troy. It's because it came out on Thursdays and a guy named Troy hosted it. We were really creative, right? Um, with the name, really stretching out there, right? <laughs> and like I interview authors about how they use Plotter. And what happens is they'll say, I started with this Plotter or this template or this feature in Plotter or whatever. And then they say the words, and then. The and then is the most important part. Because that's how they personalized it and made it work for them. Now, you can imitate any of their processes. People say, can I imitate your writing process? Absolutely. You can imitate it. You probably will not imitate it exactly. Because you will find another way that it worked for you. That's your and then. So with any writing tool that you use, regardless of what it is, plot or any other writing tool, you take that writing tool and you add the words and then. And then you figure out how it works for your process. That is your most important job as an author. And that and then will continually evolve. As you grow as a writer, your process will grow and evolve and become more efficient. And different tools will come into play that work for you in different areas, right? From the business side to the craft side of writing, you will learn all of those different things. That's part of that ongoing education that's constantly happening. And you're just revising your and then. I took these tools that are available for writers. And then I made them my own. And this is what I did with them. I love that. And honestly, that's something that I do share frequently with the authors that listen to the podcast, because it's like, look, this is about finding your unique writing rhythm. Yes, you can learn from others. You can take advice. And yeah, they're best sellers, but that's their process. That's what worked for them. What's going to work best for you and how you do your way of storytelling. So I can definitely appreciate that writers coming into their own with that. Yeah, I can give you a quick example of, too, how it evolves as you go along. Um, when I first started writing full-time, my kids or started moving towards writing full, working full-time, writing full-time. I wasn't quite yet. And I still had kids at home, right? So for those of you that have kids at home, this is a, just an interesting thing for you. My kids, if I stayed up late to write, would come out and be like, Dad, why do you get to stay up? And I want a glass of water and, you know, a million things like that, right? And you know, so you as a parent, you're like, you go get them the glass of water and you're like, grumble, 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 grumble. <laughs> and give them the glass of water and put them back to bed, right? 
But my kids would not get up at 4.30 a.m. to do something they wanted to do. I would mm -hmm. have to pry them out of bed to get them to do that. So my writing time was from 4.30 to 7.30 in the morning in a little room that used to be a closet that was under our stairs that I had converted into an office, right? Mm -hmm. It was not the most comfortable. It was not the best room there was. But at the time, it was the best room where I could be isolated and it ensured that I wouldn't be interrupted by my kids or by anyone else because no one else in my household was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to find that process that works for you. Well, fast forward a number of years later, my kids are gone. We are empty nesters, right? <laughs> so I can get up and then I walk to my office. My walk to my office is much like the programs I should be in, 12 steps, and, I, and I'm at work, right? <laughs> 12 steps and I'm here. Um, and I can kind of set my own writing schedule because I don't have those other factors to interrupt. Now, I have a German shepherd who likes to walk at certain times. And if you don't walk your large German shepherd at certain times, he likes to let you know that you are failing as a dog parent. So um, that is a way to get your exercise in as a writer, um, but also to keep your schedule in a rhythm, right? But I can set my schedule kind of however I want. You know, um, so my process has evolved because the the need to set that rigid schedule at that early morning time has disappeared. And I, now I can do it in a way that's much more comfortable for me. So your process will evolve over time with your stage of life and where you're at. So where you were 10 years ago is hopefully not the same place you are now. So, you know, you'll you'll keep moving and evolving as you go along. Absolutely. That's something that we need to take into account as well. So how does Plotter work with other softwares that may be out there for writers as well in terms of maybe integrating some things? So the easiest, the two biggest are um, Scrivener and Word right now. So you can export from Plotter directly to Scrivener, to a Scrivener file, um, which is fabulous for those of you that use Scrivener. If you don't use Scrivener, Anything I say after this point for about the next two minutes is going to be like completely unrelatable. All your stuff goes into folders and then it goes to your um, scene cards that you've created in Plotter, go into the inspector, into those little synopsis cards that are over in the inspector section, right? If you're familiar with Scrivener, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're like, what? Okay, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, it because you don't have to use Scrivener. You can use Word. You can export to Word, which then exports with the headings and the things like Word has. Um, so you can use that as your outline to write your, your manuscript, right? Um, but as far as integration with other writing software, most of those, you can take a Word file and import it into them in some format. Um, people have asked about Google Docs. I don't like Google Docs for importing Word files into simply and out of simply because there's some legacy coding and formatting that comes with that. So if you format books and you've written them in Google Docs, you are going to have a really good time when you export them, eliminating some of the code that has come with the Google Docs into the Word format. So I tell you, if you're going to do that, write in Word. But there are other programs out there that are pretty good. Um, and one of the programs I'm watching really closely is Atticus. Um, it shows some real promise as a, what it is right now with a formatting software that has some word processing capability, but the writing things are not 100% there yet, but they're getting there. Mm -hmm. But they're adding some writing features and some editing features probably within the next year that are going to make that a, 
now a much viable substitute for either Word or Scrivener, depending upon which one that you're using as an author. Um, so depending on what you're, where you're at in your journey and what you're doing, that may be an option for you as an interesting tool to look at. But right now, so Plotter will at some point kind of integrate with Atticus and you'll have some plotting features and, and the ability to export some stuff there like we do with Scrivener. Um, but that is down the road as Atticus develops. Um, but right now, that those are the two that it primarily works with. And then you can work with it from there. You can actually import from Scrivener as well. So if you created your document in Scrivener and created notes on those note cards for each scene that you created, you can import those into Plotter. And then kind of like we were talking about in revision, you can check your work and see how you've done. Um, it does need to be certain formats in Scrivener for it to import properly. Um, but if you have questions about that, there's documentation about that. And you can always email support at plotter.com and they can help you with that process of importing those documents, stuff like that. So. Okay, awesome. Well, before we close out, I would like to ask if there's one piece of advice that you can give to authors with your experience, having written... 30 books and you know you know by now even though it's still a learning process which I love how you mentioned earlier but what's something that you would tell authors maybe new or starting out or maybe they have been writing a little bit but they're like you know what I'm not quite sure if I can really do this what would you say to those well I would there's a couple things I would say and the first thing is that you don't have to do this for a living um people are often they're they're challenged by the idea that they somehow have to make their passion into something that they do for a living. But I'm like, I kind of equate it to golf. Okay? Mm. If you're the best golfer at your local club, right, even if you're the very best, you might make it to regional tournaments and, and the pro-am tournament, but you may not ever make it to the PGA, right? But you still get lessons, you still buy equipment, you still pay green fees, you still pay a lot of money to pursue your hobby. And it's the same thing with writing. If, if Even if you want to pursue this as a hobby and you want to be good at it, well, you're going to go get lessons. You're going to go to writing conferences. You're going to read books. You're going to buy tools. You're going to do all of those different things, right? Regardless of how many people are going to eventually read your writing. Because writing as a pursuit and as a passion, creative thing, and writing as a business are two different things. And for you to switch into that business mode, for some people, you just probably shouldn't do it. It's a, it's a really challenging thing to do. Um, but if it's something that you want to pursue, the, the other main thing that I talk about is education. Okay, You need to educate yourself as an author on the craft and the business of writing if, that, if you're going to do both. And what I mean by educate yourself is I mean read books. Um, one of the ways you can use Plotter is to develop an innate understanding of story structure and how story structure works. And then you will never consume a television show or a book the same way ever again. And I apologize in advance, but I don't care because you as a writer will learn something from every single story you consume, whether that's in a movie theater, in your living room, or whether you're reading a book. You're gonna learn something from that, from the plot structure, learn what they did well and what they didn't do well and how you can apply that to your own writing. So educate yourself, become better at your craft. If you're not going to do it for a living, you will just have more fun as you go along. This will be more and more fun, um, and you'll enjoy story more as a result of that. If you are going to do it for a living, then this is a way that you can constantly improve and set yourself apart from other people. There's millions of books out there, but there are not millions of people who are doing it right. 
And that is why there's a, this top section of people that are actually selling books and actually making money at it because they actually pursue this the way it should be pursued. So educate yourself, pursue those things and surround yourself with the tools and the environment you need to write and just keep writing, keep writing. <laughs> keep writing. Well, how can our listeners and watchers, maybe they're watching via Spotify or YouTube, how can they find you? How can they find out more about Plotter? So what's the info there? So the easiest way to find Plotter is just um, www.plotter.com. It's Plotter without the E, um, P-L-O-T-T-R.com. Um, our website is a place to start. You can find us on YouTube. We have tons and tons of educational videos, workshops, all those kind of things on YouTube. Um, we do have a robust Facebook group. If you're into the Facebook thing, lots of people aren't. Um, if you're on the Twitter, we're somewhat on the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter because I think it's really fun to watch Elon Musk burn $44 billion. Um, so it's kind of entertaining. So that's, that's why I'm there right now. Um, and I tell people to find me, my website, uh, TroyLambertWrites.com, um, or you can quite simply Google my name. If you Google Troy Lambert and I don't come up your internet services down, um, you need to talk to your provider. And when it comes back up, my face will be all over the Google, as my son said um, <laughs> when he was younger. Dad, your face is all over the Google. Yes, my face is all over the Google. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can Google me. You can find my books on Amazon, other places, um, fiction and nonfiction. Uh, more of those to come. And um, it's likely that I may be at a conference in your area. You never know. So you can always follow the events on my website and um, come and find me in person. Say hi. Um, I'll buy you a drink and then you can buy me one. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Writer in the Making. I'll definitely include all the links below so that you can follow Troy, follow Plotter, see if it's something that can interest you as you're writing your novel. So you all have an awesome rest of your day. Merry Christmas and happy holidays in advance. And as I always say, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. So God bless, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one.